When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to all the race fans out there. Happy Friday to you if you are heading to the great Tricky Triangle there in Pocono, Pennsylvania. Or if you're joining us from across the pond, getting ready for the Hungarian Grand Prix for Formula One, you are listening to Rambling About Racing with myself, Matt Beamer, and our co-host who's back after his short sabbatical, I should say since Memorial Day sabbatical, Preston Lude. Preston, how's it going, buddy? Via the computer. Uh, It's uh, going well. There's a lot going on these days, you know? We both have busy lives, it seems like. Yeah, I explained uh, to everybody last episode, last two weeks, that we are in a partnership with Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast, which I'm sure everybody enjoyed the episode, last week's episode, as much as I did reviewing the Atlanta Motor Speedway race and Wells previewing New Hampshire. And now we get the privilege of reviewing New Hampshire, and previewing Pocono Raceway and the Formula 1 Grand Prix. But, yeah, a lot's been going on. Like I said two weeks ago, Preston, it has just been crazy here with the new job, new schedule. Baby isn't doing It's just growing, and, and every time she's teething and she's sick, it's just one thing after another, buddy. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't miss those days as much as I used to anymore. But, you know, two, I've got two kids, so it's, it's like double the, uh, double the excitement and double the things that are going on. It's, it's, you know, one gets out of one kid, you know, uh, growing up toddler phase, and then I have to turn around and I've got another one that's starting the phase. So it's, uh, there's a lot happening, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. It At is least what we still it get, is. We get to we get the pleasure of doing this still, so that that's a good thing. Even though it's via computer this week, you know, at least we still get to talk about some racing. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. And we found a new hobby. You and I are now having a monthly standing appointment to play golf. It doesn't sound great. It, it is actually quite a great schedule that I have now. Instead of the twenty four on forty eight off, I'm just now working. Four days out of the week, four tens, and it's not unless it's a weekday or unless it's a holiday or something, and or until unless I have training to do. But yeah, it's a great schedule. I'm loving the job. Everybody's asking if I'm loving it. I I am, 
and I can't complain. I, that, I, I I love to hear that. You know, eventually I'll eventually I'll be getting on a schedule like that. But until then, I have to found out today that I you know will have to require some kind of surgery. So now oh, wow. I'm just kind of in the planning phases of that at this time. Okay. Well, hopefully it goes well, buddy. But man, yeah. I mean, we we've already been talking here for about. A few minutes now. I'm sure the fans, if they're on the way to Pocono or wherever they are in the great, good old United States of America or around the world, want to hear us talk about some racing. Get the ball handed to us from the guys over there at Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast. They want to go ahead and hear it. You ready to hit it? Let's hit it. All right, let's go ahead and get into Hey Man. Hey, man. Hey, man. And hey, man, here at Rambling About Racing, presented by Devos Outdoor Lighting. Head over to devosoutdoor.com. Use discount code RAMBLING at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. And those links can be found in the past previous YouTube descriptions because we're, we're still on a sabbatical with YouTube until we get this truck out of here. And in your podcast descriptions as well. Preston, New Hampshire, buddy. It was a uh, interesting weekend overall, was it not? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I you know I I only got to catch some of the Xfinity race, but I did get to catch the entire Cup race. But you know, New Hampshire is one of those tracks where I feel like sometimes, in, it, for me when I watch, I feel like it's kind of like a hit or miss thing. Either the the racing's pretty good, or the the entire weekend itself was just meh. You know, right. absolutely. So I I thought it was actually pretty good this past weekend. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it, though. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. New Hampshire is one of those tracks that's either hit or miss. You're you're either going to have fantastic racing from green flag to checkered flag, or you're not going to have good racing whatsoever uh, throughout the course of the race. Now, now, unfortunately, that being said, it's just one of those things where you either, like, I mean, I'm going to beat the dead horse here. You either get what happens at New Hampshire where you get some of the close racing, but usually you, I'd say nine times out of ten, what you're going to get is what you happen. What happened this past weekend with Martin Truex Jr. just dominating? Yeah, you know Martin Truex did a very good job. I, you know, I did see a lot of people complaining about that over social media how Truex was just straight up dominating. But I mean, you sometimes you get racing like that. We right. can't have it. It's not a perfect world where we we just have this battle for the lead all day long. I mean, you have to. You know, I like to look at. I've, I've hit on it before in the past. I like to look at everything as a whole. You know, Even though Martin Truex was dominating, we had great battles throughout the field. I mean, it was, it was very exciting from second on back for most of the day. You know, Truex yeah. just had the car to beat. He, on, he did. Uh, it was on Monday, you know. <laughs> and and he's, he's had a good track record this year with Monday races yeah. to begin with. So, he, yeah. you know. And, and it's just crazy to think about. I mean, everybody, and I've been guilty of it on this show, as I'm sure you'll point out here to our listeners, that it's one of those things where if you want to see that good battle for the lead, that door-to-door battle to the line like we saw in Darlington in 2003 between Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven, but if we saw that all the time, it would lose its luster. There would be nothing spectacular about it. It would be just another race. But, I mean, seeing Truex out there dominating the way he did reminds me of when he won the championship, what he did at the Coca-Cola 600. Granted, that was a mile-and-a-half track, and that was a 600-mile race. But the domination is there. I think Truex has shown that he is a true championship contender this part in the season. Oh, without a doubt. You know, and there's still the questions of, what he's going to do after, you know, 2023. But 
I mean, he's just he's riding this high right now. He doesn't care about any of that. He's more worried about what's happening this year. And some other drivers may have to get on their game soon because Truex is looking pretty darn good right now. I, I will have to tell I will have to agree with you on that one. But I mean, I will now. I will ask you this, Preston. We we talked about the race there. Speaking of drivers needing to step it up with six races to go in the regular season. Drivers who need to go up and, and step up, especially this late in the season, especially with one, two, three, four, five spots still left in the playoffs. And the big driver everybody's talking about, Chase Elliott sitting in 23rd, 60 points behind. Preston, in those six races, and I'm going to read them off to you, we got Pocono this, re- this weekend, Richmond, Michigan, Indianapolis Road Course, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. Is there a way for Chase Elliott to get into the playoffs? I think there's always a way for Chase Elliott to get into the playoffs. He's proven before that he is a winner. You know, I going back like last year at Pocono, Chase seemed to run very well. He did. I just I don't know. It's just it's this year something just seems off this year. I don't know if maybe he's off his game or if maybe Hendrick Motorsports itself is just off its game right now. I, I would say Hendrick Motorsports is not off the game. Look at William Byron. Doing great this season. He's having a breakout season. Kyle Larson winning races. The only two drivers that are unfortunately not doing well in the Hendrick Motorsports stable right now are the drivers that are plagued with injuries. And I want to say plagued with injuries that have had injuries that prevented them from racing throughout the course of the season. Chase Elliott, of course, had his leg injury snowboarding. Alex Bowman had his back injury during a sprint car race. And then it doesn't help the fact that Chase Elliott got a one-race suspension. So I think that might have thrown them off their game, but Hendrick Motorsports as a whole has two drivers in Kyle Larson and William Byron who are doing great this season. And I dare say focus on energy on them, but don't give up hope because we do have a few more spots in that haven't been taken up by drivers in the playoffs, five to be exact. So there's still a chance, but the, the window is shrinking and the pressure is growing on that one. Oh, yeah, the, the, the pressure is going for sure for Chase. In my opinion, I do not see Chase making the playoffs. Now, there's a chance that he could still. I think Watkins Glen is something that, uh, you know, a track he could do very well at. I think he possibly could win the Daytona, even though I feel like the Fords are more stronger at super speedway tracks like that. I I think Pocono this weekend may be one of his – I think this may be the best chance he he may have. But, I mean, you have to look at it. I mean, there's there's – a lot of, you know, with five spots open right now, I mean, Daniel Suarez is very close. Michael McDowell's inside the cut line right now. Bubba Wallace has been struggling a little bit lately, it seems. He did well at New Hampshire. But Michael McDowell's been very consistent. And Chase has to really worry about people like that. Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs looked very good at New Hampshire as well. He did. Ty yeah, and Gibbs starting, right outside the bubble there. Yeah, and starting, up, starting from just, the rear of the field, too. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot going on these final six races. I dare not make predictions without the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast putting in their two cents with their show next week, reviewing Pocono and getting you guys ready for Richmond Raceway, which will give you times for everything here coming up here soon. But yeah, it's going to be crazy for Chase Elliott. I wish him the best of luck, but at the same time, I've like I've seen a lot of comments on social media. He was gifted his championship in 2020. He's a mediocre driver and he has got his, he's racing on his daddy's coattails. I feel I agree with all those people. Some people might not agree with me. Some people might agree with me. But 
Unfortunately for Chase Elliott, if he wasn't NASCAR's most popular driver, I'd be a fan of his. But since he's NASCAR's most popular driver, I naturally will pull against you. That's just the way it is. But oh well, enough about Chase Elliott here. We're beating the dead bus here. One more question before we get into our Pocono review here. We're still covering New Hampshire. Is the short track package, in your in your opinion, Preston, getting better? Or does it still need work? I think it still may need some work. New Hampshire is a different track than, you know, other tracks that we go to. It, I think it did well for this track because mostly New Hampshire is more of a flat track. I just, I don't know. I think it's, to me, I think it's still too early to tell. I think there's still more work that possibly needs to be done with it. I think it's just, it's one of those things that's just kind of like an ever evolving thing. It's there's always going to be something that needs to work, be worked on. I, I, I would love, I, I, I won't re- make a whole lot of comments on it yet until we get to maybe until we go to Bristol. I would like to see what it's going to look like at Bristol first when we finally actually get to race on the concrete of Bristol instead of a dirt track. So I would like to see what it looks like with Bristol. You know, Martinsville didn't look so hot. You know, Richmond, it was kind of, to me, it seemed like kind of like a dud. New Hampshire's a little bit of a different, a different monster. Let's see what Bristol looks like first. I- and then maybe I'll... Maybe I'll have something then. I don't think it's so much the banked short track of Bristol that's the problem. I think the real problem here is the flat tracks like New Hampshire. Not necessarily that it was produced a bad race this past weekend. The package was definitely getting better. But the flat track of Martinsville, the flat track of Richmond, those slow, fast tracks where apex and corner exit or everything, I feel like that's where it still needs to be worked on, especially with the car, with the Gen 7 car. It's just one of those things. It is what it is at this point. NASCAR wants to make it better because I remember where everybody was complaining that intermediate tracks were not producing great racing, yet we've seen awesome racing this season on intermediate tracks. And before the introduction of the Gen 7 car, we were seeing great racing on short tracks and not intermediate tracks, and now it's just flipped with the Gen 7 car. NASCAR will work on it. I think they should go back to the H-pattern shifter if, by all, if, if you ask me personally. But unfortunately, they backed themselves in the corner with that sequential shifter in the rear of the vehicle. So it is what it is at that point. But I think it's getting better, Preston. Oh, yeah, th- no doubt. It's it's getting better, but it's just, you know, that's just one of those things where it'll never, I don't think we'll ever get to a finish point. There's always going to be constant changes, constant evolves. It will, there'll never be a, I guess I should per se, set package at some point. I'm sure NASCAR is always going to keep tweaking whatever they can tweak until they can think they got it perfect. And then even then they'll still be like, well, I don't think we have it completely perfect yet. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Preston. It is what it is at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, like I like you said, to Bristol, but I'm more so looking forward to Richmond here coming up after Pocono here. The guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast will preview that race for you and we will review it. So I'm looking forward to the end of the Richmond race to see exactly what we thought of that here in the next couple of weeks. Anything else regarding New Hampshire? Congrats to John Hunter Nemechek dominating in that Xfinity series. Hopefully, I, mean, I think he's, again, a championship contender, and I also think Truex is a championship contender in the Cup Series. We'll talk about more of those coming up here in the next month or two, getting you ready for the Labor Day weekend race at the good old lady in black, the Southern 500 from Darlington. Anything else about New Hampshire? Uh, nope, nothing else. Now we go to probably one of my favorite tracks on the schedule, a track, Preston, that we were – Honored enough back when we were called in the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast to be a part of their podcast, Pocono Raceway. Awesome track, great staff. 
where it's kind enough to recognize us. And if you haven't had a chance by now and you're a brand new listener to the show, go back and listen. Go and look up Pocono Raceways podcast on all major podcast platforms and look for the In the Marbles interview where Preston and I talked to them, and we actually had a special guest come on there. Brad Kozlowski came on. They were nice enough to reach out to Brad and him take the time out of his day to talk to me and you. And and uh, unfortunately, they said they couldn't find Paul Menard. Nah, well, you know, he's a very hard man to find. He is. He just fell off the face of the earth. But Pocono Raceway, Preston, what do you expect to see this weekend from all three series, Truck, Xfinity, and Cup, this weekend at the Tricky Triangle? I'd like to think that we'll see some good hard racing. I, maybe not so much. I think the race of the weekend, honestly, is probably going to be the Cup Series. I think the Xfinity Series, I would say, has become a little bit lackluster lately, but it's just it's kind of going through its motions. It's, you know, I think, let's say this, I think the weekend will be highlighted by the Cup Series, and I think Xfinity be a close second i don't think the truck series really do a whole lot truck series just seems to me very lackluster this year i think we'll get great racing overall don't get me wrong pocono is a great track fantastic track i love watching pocono hopefully we don't see any hard hits either yeah hopefully we don't see any brake failures going into one we saw jimmy johnson go through that i think that really devastated his career in 2016 he hasn't won a race since then he hasn't been the same since then if you ask me although he did win the championship that year, right? 2016? Or was it 2017 that he had that brake failure? It was one of those two that that it just really messed him up, I feel. Either way, I think it's just one of those things where Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon, we've seen a hard hit there, Ken Schrader. A lot of hard hits there throughout the years, and that was the race where Justin Wilson was killed in the IndyCar Series back in, I think, 2015. Caroline and I were at that race with our Uncle John. It is a fast track and it is an unforgiving track. Now, I will ask you this. Given what happened at Gateway this year with brake failures in that long straightaway, will we, could we expect the same at Pocono? I, you know, I, honestly, I don't, I want to say no, but then again, I mean, anything can really happen. You know, with Gateway, that was a lot of heavy braking. And I know that Pocono does have heavy braking. Some guys tend to, Lift, you know, lift and coast at times. Turn one is usually just the one where a lot of people are heavy on the brakes. I don't think we'd see as much of it, but it's still something that you can't rule out quite yet. Right. We'll just have to wait and see till when the race actually gets going, the 400-mile race there on Sunday. And and it is going to be an interesting thing because I'm sure that's in the back of a lot of drivers' minds, especially drivers like Tyler Reddick who had that issue there at Gateway. It, we'll just have to wait and see on that. I know we, we have that on a T-shirt, I feel. We'll just have to wait and see. But hopefully nothing comes of that. I mean, I remember uh, last year it was all tires. And, man, are we going to be afraid of tire failures? I don't recall seeing but a handful of tire failures this year compared to last year. No, no not we'll, at all. We'll see on that. I think the teams have figured that out, and hopefully NASCAR gives them the chance to take care of that at the same time. Quick question here for you, Preston. Pocono is a unique track. Does that alone set it apart from the rest of the tracks on the NASCAR circuit? And this is a two-parter. And are you okay with Pocono only having one race this in a year, vice two races? Well, I'll answer the second part of the question first. I don't like Pocono having just one race. I feel it is a track that could have two a two-race schedule, but you know, with the way that NASCAR seems to be I guess you could say somewhat evolving these days. 
I think it's you know it's it's cool that we see all these different tracks on the schedule. I hate that we have to move away from second dates with some tracks. I think Pocono does deserve two dates, but you know what? That just makes it all the more fun when we only have to, we only get to go there one time. You know, Pocono is a very unique track. You have three corners with three different bankings, and you're doing different things in three different corners. I mean, turn one is you're reaching. I, you know, speeds of up or upwards of 200 miles an hour flying into turn one. Thank, thankfully, it's very banked to begin with. You're hard on the brakes. You know, turn two, the tunnel turn. A lot of guys like to use the brakes. Some guys will kind of coast it in there. I think it depends on the tire wear. You know, I, you know, I can't compare it to a video game much, but when I used to race Pokemon on video games, I used to actually just kind of roll it in to the tunnel turn. And turn three is, oh man, you know, it's not very flat, but... That turn three very tricky, especially coming off of turn three. We've seen we've seen plenty of times. You know, we saw Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch got in his accident, and got that concussion coming off turn three when he got sideways and slammed the wall. It's it's a very unique unique track in its own. That's for sure. Right, absolutely, and it is a fun track. If anybody has a chance to go to it, go to the Pocono Raceway there in Pennsylvania. It is a beautiful track. It really out in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful out there. It's worth the drive, maybe for one, one at least once. It should be on every NASCAR drive, all NASCAR fans' bucket list to go to Pocono Raceway. I was unfortunately just there for Cup races and IndyCar races, but enjoy the weekend there. I've never camped there. I've always tailgated there, but it should be a, a fun weekend there. I do miss two weekends there. However, I understand why Pocono Raceway went down to one day of one year, one date on the year. It's unfortunate for Pocono, but at least they were still on the schedule, and there's still it's still a track that says, "Oh, we can attract people at the track." I'm sure you're going to see stands full this weekend, at least for the Cup race. Uh, hopefully for the Xfinity and Truck race as well. But hopefully for all three series, you get to see fun racing. I mean, if you're going to the Truck race, you're going to might as well stay around for the Xfinity race. It's a doubleheader on Saturday. So I'm, I'm yeah, that, that that's right. So I'm looking forward to it. And we'll get to our race winners here. Anything else regarding Pocono that we should expect here? I would say if we weren't dealing with stage racing, most definitely a fuel mileage race because that's yep. been it's Pocono's been known to be one of those fuel mileage races before we had stage racing, and that that was another thing that made it so unique. It was just we always we'd always get those races where guys, you know, you get the the good strategies, the gambling strategies of people hoping they can make it to the end, and then you have all these cars running out of gas with one and two laps to go. I, was, oh, I miss I miss those days. Yep, I remember those days as well, buddy, and it was crazy because my first one of my first races there i saw dale Earnhardt jr win my second race there i saw matt kenseth win on fuel mileage because joey logano ran out of fuel and you could hear on the scanner matt kenseth go holy cow we finally got one of these on fuel mileage and that was pocono in a nutshell i dare say anything else about pocono before we get into formula one in the hungarian grand prix Nope, nothing else. All right. And now, now, when I go into the Hungarian Grand Prix, as anybody that's been a fan of Formula One and has listened to the show for a number of years now knows that where we're going to go with this, right off the bat, I dare say, what do you expect from the Hungarian Grand Prix? Because Unless you want me to go first, because I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh, uh, let's, let's hear what you have to say. Red Bull and Max Verstappen. That's all you need to know. <laughs> 
They have become the new Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton, the team that I hate. I remember years ago where I loved Max Verstappen, and then when he started winning, it was like, oh, boy, we got another contender. Then he won a championship. Then he won another championship, another championship. And now his fruit has soured to me, Preston. His fruit has soured to the point where now I ask you this. I, I, well, first of all, what do you expect from this week? Much of the same? Or, or are you just going to echo yeah, me? Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. It's, there's nothing, I mean, Red Bull has been the dominant force, but I mean, I can't, I don't even know if I can really even say Red Bull at sports is Max Verstappen because Sergio Perez has struggled as of late. Yeah, I mean, everybody else, but Red Bull and Max Verstappen has struggled. Everybody. There's no consistency anymore. We thought Fernando Alonso would give Red Bull and Verstappen a run for his money. That would seem to be fading off. In the, I mean, that's already gone, if you ask me. Right, yeah. That's already gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I do ask you this. Before this weekend's Hungarian Grand Prix, are we now in a place where Red Bull, mainly Verstappen, is, has taken the place of Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton? I would... <laughs> say we're pretty darn close i mean red bull has come out with more technical upgrades that have kept them at the front the fia took verstappen's car from the previous race to do a little bit more digging into it just to make sure everything was legal and it turns out everything was completely legal which just scares everybody even more that they're within regulations and just absolutely smacking the competition dominating the field in the legal car (laughs) holy cow in a legal car (laughs) because usually the fia finds something you remember back when james hunt and stuff in the nicky louder i believe it was in 1976 Formula One season, if I'm not mistaken, the movie Rush was based on, where Hunt's car was a centimeter over and it got disqualified. It's like, oh, you're a centimeter over, disqualified. And now all of a sudden, I bet Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, everybody was hoping that they'd find the same thing. And you could just imagine the look on their face when they said, car is 100% legal. Oh, yep. no. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we could cheat and still lose. That's what everybody's mindset yeah, y- is. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly... Aside from Verstappen and Red Bull, the the biggest story coming into this weekend would be the return of Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo, I'm so happy. He's getting to see. a sh- shot again, you know, and and with Red Bull pretty much outing Nick DeVries at this point. I mean, that's just I guess that's just the way it goes when it comes to a Red Bull mm-hmm. program in general. You know, they want people that can drive. I mean, I'm gonna say you know, Yuki Tsunoda has not done the best either, but yeah. I mean, I I don't expect Daniel Ricciardo to come in and absolutely just no you know, take off and be podium first time out. No. Well, not and not only that, but I guess you know, send AlphaTauri coming out of the weekend. And all of a sudden, AlphaTauri is just something to deal with, even if they are just a midfield team. I don't I don't really expect any of that, but I expect Ricciardo to be better than what Nick DeVries was doing. Yeah. And it's you know when you're bringing somebody that's got that kind of talent that has been around the sport for years. You know, I think, and, you know, some other people like to say, think that the rumor on the street is that the reason that Ricardo got brought in is because they're trying to put pressure on Perez at this point because Perez has been doing so poorly in that second Red Bull seat. I mean, that's a good scuttlebutt right there. That makes for an interesting story, more so a topic on a week on a bi-weekly podcast now. But I will tell you this, besides Verstappen, besides Red Bull, I dare say Verstappen, you know, besides Sergio Perez, even 
The team that has most impressed me, especially during the British Grand Prix, was Williams. Could Williams be making a comeback? I mean, Alex Alex Albon definitely showing the muscle that he is the top driver in Williams. Unfortunately, the Amer- only American in the field, Logan Sargent, not doing so hot. He, I mean, he's in the same boat as Nick, as Nick De, DeFries, and we saw what happened with him. That could have very easily been Logan Sargent being replaced by Daniel Ricciardo here for this weekend's Hungarian Grand Prix. But I have faith in the fact that they're turning it around, giving another season for Logan Sargent to develop as a driver, and I think you're going to start seeing Williams, not podiums, but in the points consistently in the 2024 season. I really think they're turning in the program around as evidence in qualifying from the British Grand Prix, and I expect much the same, but it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish, but I think Williams is the team to keep an eye out on. I, I, I completely agree with that, and I also feel, especially after the British Grand Prix, what about McLaren? I mean, my goodness, out of nowhere. Yes. They, they, I don't know if it was technical upgrades or what, but my goodness gracious, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri just shot out of a cannon in qualifying, and Lando looked very good during the race. I was I was really pulling for him to do, you know, much much better. But I mean, my goodness, that's a big turnaround for McLaren. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, McLaren is definitely looking good as well, and I hope that they can put pressure on Red Bull. I mean, I think Red Bull puts enough pressure on itself to the point where it's going to be competitive against everybody else. But I hope teams like that, not the stereotypical Ferrari or Mercedes right now, but the McLarens, the Williams coming back. I And I hope a Haas one day, but I'm still holding, I'm not going to hold my breath about that one. I think we're going to start seeing a turnaround in a lot of teams here, and it's going to show in the 2024 season. Because right now, Williams is in a re- rebuild season. They're looking forward to 2024. So are a lot, a lot of other teams on the grid, but don't count them out because I think they're going to start finishing in the points and we're going to start seeing teams like maybe an Aston Martin move down the pipe. It's just going to be, we'll just, again, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But anything else before, in regards to the Hungarian Grand Prix, before we get into the start times? Uh, nope. All right, start times for this weekend's festivity of racing here. The Formula One race will be Sunday, July 23rd at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. The Cup race will be right after that, Sunday, July 23rd at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on USA. And the doubleheader for Xfinity and Trucks from the Tricky Triangle there at Pocono Raceway, Saturday, July 22nd at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 for the Trucks. Switch over to USA right after that. For the Xfinity race starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, race winners for Formula One, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. Preston, we'll start off with Formula One. Who do you have? It's it's almost like a no-brainer at this point. You have to say Max Verstappen. Yeah, I, I, hate, I hate to have to choose him, but boy. <laughs> yeah, you can't argue with that. I, mean, I remember doing that for years with Formula One. Who's going to win? Lewis Hamilton. Next. Who cares? Now, now yeah. I, I had a backup here, and it's Sergio Perez. It's got to be Red Bull. One of the two Red Bulls is going to do it. Odds are Verstappen was my first pick as well. But maybe we'll see a twist. I would say Rain would throw a twist in there, but it doesn't matter. You could throw anything at Red Bull right now, and they're going to just say, okay, give us the podium. Give us the trophy. We're going to win. Exactly. All right. For You want to start off with trucks, or do you want to start off at the top with cup? I think we should start with trucks. 
All right, starting with trucks, who do you have winning this weekend? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know a whole lot about the trucks, but I'm going to say Christian Eckes. Great pick, solid pick. I'm picking probably a dark horse, but not a dark horse. He's up there, but he's not up there. Stuart Friesen is my pick for this weekend's race Ooh, at Pocono okay. for the truck series. The next race will be right after the truck series, the Xfinity series race. Well, who do you have winning that? I have to pick low-hanging fruit on this one, John Hunter Nemechek. Okay. I, I don't like the way this is low-hanging fruit picking season. It must be harvest season for Preston here in the hot summer days here in South Carolina. But again, I'm going to go with the driver who's up there, but who's not up there. Who's in contention, but not in contention. Daniel Hemrick and that colleague racing Chevy. Nice pick. And finally, last but not least, the Cup Series. Are we going to go with another low-hanging fruit, Preston? Or are we going to reach well, out? Well, I, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if this would be considered a low-hanging fruit. I mean, he's he's doing well lately. Uh, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin has a couple wins there at the Tricky Triangle. Got his first career win in 2006 there at Pocono. In fact, swept the races there as a rookie. So that is not a bad pick right there. That's a sentimental track for him. I'm going to go with, I guess you could call it low-hanging fruit, Kyle Larson. A few years ago, he had that tire go down on the final lap. I don't think it happens this time. I think he gets it done at the Tricky Triangle, Preston. No, that's a solid pick. All right. Well, that's all we got here for this week here at Ramblin' About Racing, getting ready to get head into our final thoughts. Unless, Preston, do you have anything else in regards to the Cup Truck and Xfinity Race at Pocono and the Formula One race from Hungary? I have got nothing. All right. Well, let's get into our final thoughts then. White flag, white flag. White flag, white flag. White flag, one lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on this week's episode of Ramblin' About Race. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're over here from the guys at Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast, really do appreciate you taking the time to show up here, or if you're a regular listener, Really do appreciate you guys as well. Thanks for Preston for being back here. Uh, if Although, be it from the comfort of his own home. Because traffic out there is crazy and the weather is getting nothing but hotter, Preston. That's that's right. We are might as well be on the face of the sun at this point. You might as well. Like that one song from the 90s, you might as well be walking on the sun. Absolutely. Yep, that's, that's what it feels like every time out here. But now we get to the part of the show where we do this week in NASCAR and our NASCAR fantasy standings. Preston, leave it up to you. You want to do fantasy standings first, or do you want to do this week in NASCAR? Uh, we can do fantasy standings. Um, okay. I think I may change it up this week and just go with the top five here at this no, point. No, no. I, like... I mean, that's so well, you know, you want that's, me The at, whole at, thing? At least do the top eight. I don't know. Okay, the top. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, I see what's going on here. <laughs> we, you know, what? I could do the top eight because it seems the top eight is the only ones that are in, within the three thousand point range at this point. So, without further ado, sitting in eighth, and I know why you said top eight because there you are sitting yep, in eighth at, place at, least, at three thousand and ten points. At least make the host of the show part of the fantasy lineup. <laughs> I, I would feel bad. It, it just, it just that that hurt my feelings there, Preston. That you would just say let's do the top five. It's like wait a minute, that's messed up because I I've worked hard 
grinding from the basement all the way up to mid-pack. You're getting there. You have time. You still have time, and that's all that matters. Absolutely, and we still got the playoffs to go. Anything could happen. I, I, I'm looking at a top-five finish. I'm looking at taking away Chuck 83-84 there from the top-five position. That's right. So, let's see, sitting seventh, TS Promo D at 3,142. The Sports Stove sits sixth at 3,229. As you alluded to, Chuck, 83-84. Charlie sits fifth at 3,381. S-Blades is fourth at 3,450. Matt Camper sits third at 3,523 points. Yours truly, myself, sitting second at 3,594. And the one James Maples leads the league at 3,704 Dominating. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to reel it back in a little bit. I tell you what, he's about. He is looking. He's already, as you said on the golf course, getting that trophy shined up to place his name <laughs> as a three-time champion in this league, <laughs> which is that's impressive right. in itself. Fantasy standings are right there again. That's for a two hundred dollar Amazon gift card. If Preston somehow pulls it out here in twenty twenty four, it's going to go up to a three hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Preston's trying to do that. Sweetening up the pot a little. Let's wish him the best of luck. Either way, it's going to be a fun end of the season for the Fantasy League. And now for this week in NASCAR, July 28th, 1991, Dale Earnhardt leads the final 28 laps and thwarts a galgo of foes on the final lap to win the Die Hard 500 at Talladega. And that happened July 28th, 1991 in the world of NASCAR and, folks, that will about do it for our show. I really do appreciate everybody showing up here. Again, make sure next week to check out Blind Spotting NASCAR's podcast for the review of Pocono and the preview of Richmond. It's, those guys are great guys. We're glad to be partnered with them here at the show. Go check them out. Go give them a like and follow on Facebook and Twitter. They really would appreciate that. And Preston, do you have anything else before we wrap up this week's episode of Rambling About Racing? Thanks for showing up this week. Yeah, man, nope, I have nothing else. It's It's been fun. It has been a great time, Preston. I really do appreciate you showing up. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are on your regular podcast platform, really do appreciate it. Again, YouTube is down, but make sure to go check out previous episodes of Rambling About Racing and In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast on that platform and give us a follow on that if you don't mind as well. Make sure to follow all Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and the latest and greatest in the world of auto racing and what's going on in our lives as well. Thanks to our partners of the show, Stand Up to Cancer, Fanatics, Extreme Sim Racing, and Devos Outdoor Lining for all they do here at Rambling About Racing and what they do for Belly Up Sports as well. For Preston Lude, P underscore Luda, I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 Stay safe, and we'll see you guys following the Richmond races. Have a good weekend. Enjoy next week's episode with Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast. <laughs>